Hello, I'm Andrea Stevens. It's great to be together again in God's Word as we walk through the book of Zephaniah. Well, as I type this today, I looked up on my bulletin board and I saw a post-it note that my daughter had written and tacked there many years ago. It's handwritten in the bubble letters of a teenage girl. And I'm sure I've looked at it hundreds of times, but today I saw it with new eyes as a fitting introduction to Zephaniah, a book of ghastly judgment and of luminous hope. Her message was short and simple. She had written it as a message from the Lord and it says, I love you. And underneath she had added the notation of the verse Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah served the kingdom of Judah as a prophet during the reign of King Josiah, Judah's last good king. And he uses vividly ominous words like wrath, distress, anguish, devastation. I picture him frantically waving his arms to sound the alarm against impending judgment. Listen to me. Turn back to the Lord. Repent. To describe this coming judgment, Zephaniah uses the phrase, the day of the Lord. We find it seven times in this little book, more than in any other book in the Old Testament. It depicts a day of reckoning, of punishment of sin that will come upon the Israelites as a result of their rejection of the one true God. Some of his listeners even lived through the fulfillment of this prophecy when Babylon carried Judah away to exile only 12 years after King Josiah's reign ended. Zephaniah's prophecies point us to the day when the Lord will return in power and glory for his ultimate judgment that Jesus tells us will come like a thief in the night. And in chapter 2, Zephaniah pleads with the humble of the land to seek the Lord, to seek righteousness and humility, that perhaps they might be hidden on that day from the anger of the Lord. And his words remind us that for those of us who are in Christ, that the Lord's wrath, the right response of a holy God to sin and evil, has been satisfied in Jesus. Well, even as Zephaniah's words cast a shadow of gloom and punishment, he lights a candle and pierces the darkness with hope and restoration in chapter 3, specifically verse 17. Let's read it together. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Mm. Well, some call this breathtaking passage the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. It's the hope of the gospel, the good news of redemption found in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Through his life, death, and resurrection, he took away our punishment and turned, turned back our enemies of sin, flesh, and the devil, and he brought the kingdom of God near. These were words of life and hope to the Israelites then, And to us today, as they assure us of the Lord's immeasurable love, not only for all of us, but for each of us, our 
God is indeed rich in mercy and abounding in steadfast love. Brennan Manning challenges us. He actually dares us to fully believe that the Lord loves us unconditionally just as we are, not as we should be because none of us are as we should be. And let's not miss that this love that Zephaniah describes isn't a reserved, dignified love. I mean, singing over you with gladness, loud singing. No, this is a grand gesture, a massive display of pu- massive public display of affection. It's the father that sees his prodigal son approaching from a distance and hikes up his robe and takes off in a sprint to fold his lost son into his embrace. Well, we read the passage today in ESV, but I love that the NIV says it this way, that the Lord will take great delight in us. Friends, I just don't think that we can ever hear enough that the Lord delights in us. James Bryan Smith says that we are ones in whom Christ dwells and delights, and we live in the strong, unshakable kingdom of God. Well, friends, this love of Jesus, it informs everything about our walk with him. Just as Abraham was blessed to be a blessing, Jesus has showered us in his love, invited us into life in his easy yoke, where we find rest even as we join him, learning from him, working alongside him in the harvest. Zephaniah's warning to repent culminates in this passage of love, but the need to repent remains. As we walk in the light of his love, as we press more and more into the power of his indwelling spirit, who convicts us, who reveals our sins lovingly, who changes us from the inside out so that we can truly be transformed into his image so that we can live lives of surrender, devotion, and sacrifice, and service. But as we move into our day, Can we let the truth of the Lord's love for us that we find in Zephaniah soak deep into our bones? Can we picture ourselves as the object of the Lord's loud serenade? Can we save ourselves? I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights, and I live in his strong, unshakable kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the love letter that we find in Zephaniah 3.17, for both the call to turn to you with all of our hearts and to bask in your delight. Lord, help us remember that post-it note on my bulletin board and recall the word you say to us through the prophet Zephaniah, I love you. May it be so. Amen.